This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. For love, for love, oh yeah! Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? This is Sonny Hollywood Pooney from the Growing Up Rock Podcast. And even though Jericho doesn't know who I am, I know who I am. And you're listening to the craziness called the Shout It Out Loudcast. All hell's breaking loose over here, baby! Kiss Army. Tom and Zeus, another episode of Shout It Out Loud cast. <laughs> episode 143. Kiss Rolling Stone cover. Ooh. We're getting into the literary references with the band now. Yes. All right. So. We've been talking about doing this one for a little bit of time, and uh, I'm glad yeah, we we're have. finally at it. Yep. Uh, Tom, how the hell are you doing, by the way? Fantastic. It's fall in New England. The Patriots suck, and uh, we're back. Yeah, it's uh, we're at overwhelming stage uh, oh, right oh, now yeah. with the cruise coming up. Tons of shit going on with the podcast. Uh, prepping, you got your family life, you got your work life, a lot of stuff and a lot of moving parts. So uh, me and Tom love to send ourselves texts in the middle of the day. Oh, God. With uh, fuck it all (laughs) fucking emojis. I love the Tom fuck it all. I'm just like, oh, fucking blow it up. Then my my friends at work are like, oh, what's the matter? I'm like, nothing. Nothing. I can't record my article on Peter Chris's fucking boots tonight. <laughs> Nothing. I'm so angry. I just spent three hours talking about Pearl Jam. And everybody hates it. <laughs> Your friends think you're a jerk because you like grunge music. Yeah, we uh, just dropped our Pearl Jam 10 episode on the album review crew episode. Hell yes. Another, another short one there. <laughs> Shorter than docking, but we'll, we'll yeah. save that for next month. 
Absolutely. So, uh, but what we usually do here on Shout It Out Loudcast, the KISS podcast, we uh, always go back and discuss last week's episode and go over some feedback. So let's uh, let's start with the poll. Yep. So last week we talked about our concert in Boston where we saw Ace Frehley. <laughs> what were we getting for food again? <laughs> Couple slices and a fountain cola. A <laughs> fountain drink. <laughs> So we we, we talked we spent a lot of time talking about the set list, which thanks, Ace, you asshole. Now you've added rip it out to the set list. Thank you. Because oh. his defensive fucking drummer, like oh yeah, putting up videos, probably heard the shit. His drummer, Matt Starr. Thank you, everybody. We we got his name now. His drummer, Matt Starr, oh. did like a Facebook live video kind of talking about the set list, which proves to me that there might have been some mm. other people complaining about it because he did add rip it out. And he's got that fucking Fu Manchu side lip fucking oh, yeah. stash yeah, yeah. a la fucking Joe Perry. Oh, it's <laughs> just ugly. Anywho, so our poll was uh, talking about the set list. Which of these do you think he should have added to the set list? So the options were an ace song from Unmasked, an ace song from Dynasty, an ace song from his solo career, or another Kiss song. Not surprising, 51% of the people said an A song from his solo material. 30% said an A song from Dynasty. 13% said Unmasked, and only 6% of you don't understand what an Ace Freely concert and you wanted another Kiss song. So the question, which has always come up in my mind, A songs on Dynasty versus the three A songs on Unmasked, yeah, dynasty wins. So oh, not like. even, oh, not even close. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I I agree with you, but there are idiots out there. Play two sides of the coin. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, good name for a podcast. <laughs> I got to tell you, we're recording a lot later than we normally do, and I'm already so tired. So my tolerance for kiss stupidity humor is at an all-time low oh so you're I, gonna get a lot of kiss stupid shit i got a lot of I've got, I've got a lot of fucking problems with you people we got a lot of losses yeah um uh, yes um yes uh but you were talking about the polls yes and uh you, you know the, the the songs and apparently he did listen to somebody and he put rip it out in there from his solo album yep um yep. you know what's interesting um, you know, I'm gonna save it. I'll save oh, it. Go yep, ahead, save it. So, yeah, so a couple poll comments. Our good friend Sonny Hollywood Pooney, stop doing kiss you bozo. Ace, I love you, but do Freely's Comet stuff instead. That is all. Grim Richley, hard times rocks, but may be a bit obscure for an Alice show. We're gonna talk about that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> our buddy Steve says, play something off the first black and blue album. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Uh, Nueva Variable says, as CEO chairman of the Ace Cult, I have a gift basket sent to Shout It Out Loudcast corporate headquarters in appreciation for this momentary ceasefire. Because we said some nice things about Ace, I guess. I thought he had a, I thought it was a fun concert. Oh, it was great. It was, oh, it was fucking great. If you guys haven't gotten tickets, and oh, you got to go. It's, it's a blast. Dude, but we're Kiss uh, fans. We got to bitch about something. 
of Lee Bruton here looking into the future. A should kick off all the shows with rip it out. Well, there you go. Uh, Sean DeHaan wants him to play stranger on a strange land. That ain't happening. I'm going to play Genghis Khan. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, JC says, how can he not do rock soldiers or at least play some kiss deep cuts? He's playing the same tired songs that kiss normally does. Uh, Alessandro Rook. So I'm at a kiss expo a couple years ago, played his first solo album in its entirety. Yes. I remember when he did that, his band really carried him. His solo stuff is not that strong. I vote for dynasty. Uh, Kevin's on fire and Nige agreeing that trouble walking songs would be fantastic. Of course, because the album is fucking great. A lot of people asking for uh, the Dynasty songs. Dr. Van Halen, I'd love to save your love or 2000 men. Um, and then some comments here. So Scott Wheeler said, I suspect that the set list has more to do with Ace as an opener. Folks are there to see Alice and aren't familiar with Ace's catalog, but are more likely to recognize Kiss songs. And then I said, we're going to reserve comments for next week. So let's spend a couple seconds here, a couple minutes, talking about what Scott said. About how, because we suggested that too, that the set list was kiss centric because he was an opener and that he didn't want to play stuff off Anomaly or Space Invaders or Freely's Comet. Do you agree with that or do you think Ace's motivations were a little different for the set list? What was the question? <laughs> I don't. That's a, there's a fucking barking dog outside. It's driving me nuts. I'm like this. It's like summer of Sam. Would you please <laughs> shut that shut fucking fuck. dog up? <laughs> All right. So I'll repeat the question and you can just jump in. So my question was, do you think that the set list was because he's an opener or because he was trying to like, let like show off to kiss that I can play kiss songs. So you can just jump in and answer there. Um, <laughs> Somebody sent me a message when you answered the question. <sighs> Sorry. Somebody just sent me this on Instagram and it was like fucking about Ace Friley's socks. <laughs> Tom and Zeus, are you seeing this? Please share your thoughts on the podcast about his fucking sock pose. This is socks Friley. <laughs> Sorry, I have the worst ADD. I'm like, what? <laughs> We're never going to get through this episode. We're never going to get through this. <laughs> Your question again. <laughs> I got the dog and I got idiots fucking texting me. Sorry, Spencer, for calling you an idiot. Put your phone ahead. down. Put your phone down. Focus, okay. lo- focus, Lamar. All right, so I'm listening, so go ahead. So, yeah, so what are your thoughts on what Scott's saying here? But we kind of brought it up last week where Ace's set list is a result of him being the opening act as opposed to the headliner. Do you think that's why? We talked about it a little bit last week. Somebody made a comment about that exact same thing, and it it was the man known as fucking Sterlino. Um, He made an excellent point, and I'll I'll bring it up later. But I would say this. If he's going to go by that fucking attitude, then – if you're going using that logic, right, Tom? Yep. So why doesn't he open up with uh, Free Bird? Yeah. Go to Stairway to Heaven. Um, you know, play uh, Back in Black. Yeah. Play fucking uh, I don't know, Magic Carpet Ride, and the yep. other song that people know. 
Well, I yeah. got to play songs that people know. Why? The fuck? Yeah. If you're the opening act, there's no pressure on you. Play your songs. If you're fucking, like, if you're a musician and I'm putting out songs, I would like to think that I have enough confidence. Like, hey, if you hear my music, you will like it. Mm-hmm. I want to play my music. I want to play, yeah, play a song that, you know, is from the, from those guys over there. Like, that's stupid. Plus, yeah, I agree. And, and my, my, my main point here is that Ace may have been the opening act, but Ace is not your standard opening act. Ace is Ace Frehley from Kiss, okay? The, me and you, we bought tickets for this show to see Ace. And I guarantee you, a lot of people in that crowd were there primarily to see Ace. I'm sure people there were and there to see ass. I'm sure, well, that too. I'm sure people were there to see Alice. Ace is an established artist. He's not a young and up and coming guy that needs to play. Ace is Ace like five albums in the last five or six years. So I'm saying he's got, his kiss, he's, he's got his kiss career and he's got 30 years of solo material. So it's not like he, oh, he's an opener. You know, he can't play rock soldiers because the crowd might not know it. Yes, they will. Because Alice Cooper and Ace Frehley are from the same era. Like every opening act has that same issue. Well, gee, I can't play this because they won't know my song. No shit. They right. don't know your music. Right. I just think that's extremely lazy for if, if that is the oh, reason. Oh, oh, what did you say? Oh, oh yeah, we're going <laughs> to. Yeah, exactly. Lazy and ace? No. But yeah, but a lot of people had that theory. We brought it up. I, I think it's bullshit. Yeah, ace, you're, you're fucking ace frilly. You headline 90% of the time. Now that you're an opener, yeah, I'm going to play Love Gun. Why? Dude, because the ace cult lets him get away with it. Of course they do. Although, although I think the ace people spoke out because a few shows in, he changed it and added Rip It Out, and the drummer was coming out. The ace cult, it was fucking Kiss fans. Well, that's what, right, that's that what I meant. Like ace, like us. Right. Not in the cult, but we like ace. Right. And, and his drummer was running interference on the Facebook Live talking about the set list, and it was straight out. With all due respect to Matt Starf, unbelievable drummer, nothing against him personally, but the language he was using in that Facebook Live was straight out of the Paul Stanley set list playbook. You know, we're going to play a song that, you know, if there's 10,000 people at an arena, we're going to play a song that 1,000 people know or a song that 9,000 people know. Oh. Wow, who, who talks like that? Dude, 1,000, you fucking idiot. You're an opener. Oh. You're Ace Frehley. <laughs> you want people to listen to and go, oh, I like that. I want to buy that. Or you want people to be like, holy shit, that's awful. (laughs) This one comes off anomaly. (laughs) Holy shit. This one's called Toys. It's off my deluxe edition of Space Invaders. Follow up to my hit Dolls. If you don't if you don't like that one, I've got another one called Off My Back. All right, all right. Uh let's get to some episode specific. Our buddy Gerald, don't call me Saul Rosenberg. Uh see he's singing the same song. He's saying, yeah, the set list was due to Ace being an opener. Ace's solo stuff and deep cuts wouldn't appeal to that crowd. That crowd is an Ace Freely Alice Cooper crowd. How many people when we people that jump on Paul and Kiss for doing that shit 
like, well, Ace, you know, for Ace, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Come on, people. People. I know. I know. Anyways, that's Twitter. What do we got on Facebook? All right. Over on the Book of Face. Yes. Right. Let's go first to Facebook. The actual Facebook. I call it Ace Book because uh, my name's Ace. Um, LP Storlino, who's oh. fucking on a roll. He put my set. When lightning strikes, burning up with fever, live to wind, love kills, hooligan. I walk alone. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> and I sure ain't done it this way, which is one of my favorite Wailing Jennings songs. Hey, you, you, well, you understand? Since he wants to do everyone, everything in the world song, but his own. Dude, do you understand how fantastic that set list would be? You're getting great songs. You're getting a Britney Spears song. I mean, so right off the bat, it's fantastic. And you sure Hank done it this way? Such a fucking great little guitar tune. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You got to hear that. It's such a fucking great uh, Waylon song. And then Stephen Wood puts his my nong Ace Frehley set, and he wrote it like that. He says, Rocket Ride, Speeding Back to My Baby, Wiped Out, Space Invader, out, Out of Space, Rock soldiers, five card stud, rip it out in New York roof. Yeah. And speaking of set lists that were shared with us, our good buddy Jericho checked out the episode and he uh, he gave us his set list. And he was that before he, or after he texted us while driving. Oh, <laughs> when he was eating chips during the video clip. Oh, we love Jericho. Yeah. So he shared he shared his list. His was fantastic, except for one song. Uh, so he has Rip It Out, Mr. Speed, Strange Ways, Do Ya, Shock Me, Snowblind, 2,000 Man Trouble Walking, Rocket Ride. There's no reason why he can't do that. That's you fucking don't like that he put Snowblind on that list. No, 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 no. I don't like that he put Do Ya. Oh, I like Do Ya. It's not bad. That's okay. That's okay. No, Snowblind, is, it's okay. I bet you live, it probably sounds great with that band. I'd rather, uh, I, I want to hear Insane. Yeah, it's a good song too. But yeah, but that's that, that's our buddy Jericho chiming in. All right, so over on Loudcasters page, Tom, Jason Warden, another great funny episode from you guys. I saw Ace a few years back in L.A. with L.A. Guns, Dawkin, and Graham Bonnet in a club here in San Antonio. It was my first time seeing Ace solo, and he was great. was cool as fuck to hear Strange Ways, but it's also made me think Ace missed out on being part of some great years in Kiss in the 80s. Lots of his stuff I could see Kiss doing, Into the Night, Insane. While BK is my favorite Kiss guitarist, I can't help wondering what could have been if Ace stayed. Seeing the small club, it had to cross his mind a time or two. Uh, Graham Richley, spot on, guys. The main comment from anyone seeing Ace live these days is that that band rocks. Mm -hmm. Ace brings the focal point in history, but it's the rest of the guys bringing the energy and the musical chops. It's a great combination and way better than seeing Ace with his old band. TBH. We would probably love the show regardless of whether Ace was there, but he is the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. And then back over to YouTube. YouTube. Um, Andy Patterson writes, is that what he does? TNZ. Love the show. Been a weekly listener since the very first weekend of your premiere episode aired. All right. Including ARC, Zep C. You guys guesting on other pods. Keep up the great work. You make our Saturdays extra fun. Here's to many more. Damn. Thank you, buddy. That's amazing. Awesome. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate Uh, it. 
Mr. Antonio 2005. Ace and Alice, what a combination. I wish they would bring this tour to Toronto in the future. Mm. Now, in terms of the set list, I think both TNZ are, uh, lists are great for the essentials. I would love to see Foxy and Free and Hard Times, What Every Girl Wants, Trouble Walking, Ace singing Getaway. Here is a famous quote from Ace. Finding a good band is like finding a good wife. You keep trying till you find your right one. Looks like he found a great band to support him and a great lady in his life. She's my new bride. <laughs> what the fuck? Mark Stewart. Another great show, guys. You guys had me crying with your Ace Friley impressions. As amazing as Ace's band, Gene's old band sounds, I think Ace could have ended his show with a kick-ass version from Escape from the Island. Oh, What's yeah. That? Yeah. Oh, I, 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 look, I love instrumentals. and I love Escape from the Island. That would have been fantastic. Okay. With the sirens and everything. Oh, I, I, Listen, I'm going to say this right now. You guys think that Ace has any knowledge or idea of the Escape from the Island has a, like a cult status or, or um, music from the Elder does? He has fucking no clue. I guarantee you he doesn't even know that there's a song called Escape from the Island in the Kiss catalog. Did I play on that? What <laughs> What's is that? that from? Is that a movie? <laughs> Sounds like a good one. Anthony Stratus. Hey, guys. Thanks for the laughing. Current Kiss information and updates. Glad to see Ace is up and about touring. On a side note, Zeus, I'm pretty sure Ace current drummer is Matt Starr. Hmm. Credits include Mr. Big, Guns N' Roses, Bon Jovi, White Snake, and the list goes on. Keep rocking, guys. Thanks, yep. Anthony. Uh, Pete Staros. Oh, is that what he does? They should have b- brought Vinny out to do a rendition of Boys Are Gonna Rock. Oh, complete God. with exploding amps and of the song. Um, Marty White. I thought the A show was going to be a disaster. Sounds like it wasn't. So good for Ace. Still, he's not getting back into Ace. Do you think Alice Cooper and Ace have private time on their tour? I saw Ace clips online and thought Ace would enjoy Alice's walking stick. Jesus Christ, stop. Yeah, over to you, Tom. All right, so let's bang through a couple emails here. So we got a fantastic, very lengthy email from our friend Alan Tignanelli, fat man on guitar, talking about his experience in the show. And, of course, he got lucky. They got Rip It Out in Detroit Rock City. Uh, He didn't get Love Gun or She, so that was pretty cool. Um, And then he just talks about some, you know, some really good experiences, some comments on the show and the tour and the episodes. So great stuff. Fat man on guitar. We love it. Um, our buddy, Justin Steele, funny episode on seeing Ace. I've seen him a few times over the years. The experience was usually the same when Ace would play his leads. You can hear that raw sloppy play that gave kiss its backbone on the set list. Matt Star, the drummer put out a video explain. Yeah. So we talked about that, that video uh, as for Ace being able to play with the kiss show. You are probably right. But why the fuck would he want to play? Lick it up or say, yeah, his playing was never about being perfect. Kind of sloppy with some soul like slash. Exactly. It's exactly right. Um, love listening to you guys and hearing the ace voice banter. Thanks, Justin Steele. Thank you. Uh, Rod Gomond. Quick thank you for the ace in Boston review. It was great to hear seeing as how Space Case Ace is playing, not playing in Vegas. So living vicariously through you guys was a great help. For this week, my name is Rod Maroney. As you've been lacking on the Maroney drops. When is the second Zeppelin episode coming? Keep up the the pot. Keep up the best podcast. Stay tuned for that second Zeppelin episode. Might be sooner than you think. 
Um, our buddy West Beach, uh, he also just saw uh, Ace open for Alice too. Uh, he saw him in, uh, I think he saw him in Detroit. Let's see. So yeah, he played Rip It Out, Detroit Rock City, and dropped Manic Depression and She from his set. Uh, and of course, when he did uh, New York Groove, he sang back in the Detroit Groove. <laughs> so uh, great stuff uh, from Wes. We appreciate that. I'm glad you had a good, a good experience seeing the show. Our buddy Gary Cap, Guys, wanted to say that was great review of the Ace show you went to. Had tickets for the Youngstown, Ohio show, but had to cancel because I got COVID. I'm fine now. Thank God, Gary. Glad to hear that. Uh, I've seen Ace solo many, many times, and this would be the first time seeing him where he did not perform one of his own songs. I am not sorry that I missed the show. Stop prepping for a kiss gig when you ain't going to get it. (laughs) Good point, Gary. Uh, Let's see. We got uh, buddy Dave. I recently saw Kiss in Chula Vista near San Diego. They were awesome. However, my buddy pointed out that Paul sometimes sounds like Edith Bunker, and now I can't unhear it. Oh, man. Oh, by the way, thanks for the quick shout out a few months ago. You are correct. I am a fellow thief because he goes by Dave Esquire. You must have called him a fellow thief. Um, I didn't, but nice to know that's what he thinks we are. But okay. Uh, let's see. We got Keith Roachford here. Uh, Ace Freely, Alice Cooper. Another spectacular show. I just saw the show on 924 in, in Chicago. Ace changed his set, of course. Yep, so he got him and rip it out. We fucking missed them. We went to the wrong show. Uh, the Talisman guys, they carry the show so much now as they did in 2019 when they were uh, playing solo tracks. I think Ace is just being lazy and doing songs he can comfortably do without too much practice. That is pretty much true. Thanks for all you guys do. You rule long live cukes and piss cakes. <laughs> oh, cukes is still getting fucking shout outs. And our buddy Mike H. Hello, dudes. I'm just letting you know I'm still listening and enjoying your podcast. I'm just making it easier on you in limiting disappointment for me. I think he's talking about the feedback. Keep doing what you do in the manner you are doing it. Mike H. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Great emails, and we appreciate everybody sharing their experiences with the uh, CNA, so that's pretty cool. Keep them coming. Let us know if that set list keeps changing. Uh, Zeus, back to you for a couple final things. Yeah, so uh, I just want to end with the last one here, and this is from Kelly Jem Blair. Uh, Another outstanding episode, guys. Thanks for the review on Ace and Alice show. I'll be attending in a couple weeks. Look forward to you guys every week. After listening, my wife and I light the candles, dim the lights, and turn off some soft (laughs) mongoloid man for some hubba hubba. (laughs) That's just fucking wrong, dude. Please, take off forever. This is the best romantic song. (sighs) mongoloid man <laughs> is that about me is that what they call me is that what i am <laughs> uh, well kelly jem blair you are comment of the week good answer good answer I like the way you think i'm gonna be watching you Fantastic. 
Tom, before we go on to our uh, Kiss World information, uh, we always like to give a shout out to Patreon. Uh, Patreon is the app where people can come and support. Uh, shout it out loud, gas. They can sign up. Uh, there's different tiers, and with that become different things that they get. We have some fun with our uh, Patreon family. We have activities set up. We actually got something coming up this week. Well, since this episode will drop on Saturday, we had something come up last night. Exactly. Uh, that was a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, if you're interested in Patreon and supporting the podcast, that's where you would go. You can go to Patreon, the app, or you can go to uh, patreon.com. Or in the episode notes, you'll see Patreon. And this week, we'd like to give another special shout out to new Patreon subscriber, Mr. John Ristagno. Also known better as? John Ristagno. <laughs> that's no, that's Mr. Antonio 2005. Tip of the hat, buddy. We really appreciate your help and support. Uh, we love your feedback as always. And thank you for joining and becoming part of the Patreon family. Uh, shout it out loudcast really, really appreciates it. And uh, it's a, uh, it's a great help. And if anybody else is interested, please take a look and see if that's something that uh, you want to get involved in. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Special shout out to John, Mr. Antonio, 2005. We know you've been a big fan of the show for a while. We appreciate that very, very much. It's awesome. And a special shout out to everybody else that's part of the Patreon family. It's great. Uh, you guys are a big help to support that show. Uh, and as Zeus said, this by the time this show drops, we will have already had a, a little fun interaction with some of you guys. And, uh, you know, we hope that continues. So check us out and see if it's something that you're interested in and uh, be part of the Shout It Out Loudcast Patreon family. So, Tom, before we move over to Kiss World, uh, I'm going to straighten out a, my funny little drinking problem I have. And we'll be right back. Hey, I'm back. Straighten it out a little bit. So, Tom, what's going on in Kiss World? Okay, so not too much. Uh, we're about a month removed uh, from the Kiss Cruise, so it looks Woo! like uh, it's ha- it looks like it's happening. I mean, if they haven't canceled it now, it's it's happening, and we're starting to get giddy. Oh, so, is the uh, big Kiss news that Paul Stanley is continuing the Paul Stanley pajama party on the cruise? Oh. Dude, when I got that email, we posted it on our social medias. I, I, I and somebody brought up a great point. When when this cruise was scheduled and everything, they weren't allowing anybody under the age of twelve, because at that time vaccines weren't approved for kids under the age of twelve, so they weren't going to be allowed on the cruise. Which last year, Paul did the bedtime story to all the children. So if there's no children on this cruise. Who the fuck is he doing this with? The kiss tards. I mean, come on, man. Did you not see, like, we fucking posted it with, like, all sorts of, like, rolling eyes. Yeah. Sarcasm, like, oh, fucking great. Oh, oh, fucking great. (laughs) And and, uh, you would be surprised and shocked to see the people on the kiss. Can't fucking wait. Oh, this is great. I buy a pajama set just for this. Dude, are you fucking people grown ups? What are you? What the hell is wrong with you? If I, I got I, to meet like Led Zeppelin in their prime and they're like, yeah, come over and yeah, we can uh, play with our fucking Star Wars collection. Like, I don't want to play with Star Wars with, with Jimmy Page. I want to fucking talk to him about music. 
Hey guys, tonight on the fucking bottom deck, we got John Bonham doing a puppet show. Join him. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh, this is great. I love Bonham. John, John Bonham's not going to teach you about drums. He's going to fucking teach you how to do marionette fucking puppets. I mean, come on. It's just, it, it's easily the least metal moment yeah. ever. Yeah, it, it, out, it definitely outbeats fucking uh, Vince Neil eating hamburgers between doing the chicken dance. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so we saw we we did see that as news and then there was some other news involving doc chip magoo mcgee uh he did a uh he was on talking metal in an interview uh that was what he on, did that was he did and it was on blabbermouth uh, he said we were supposed to end this year actually in july of this year 2021 because a covid stopped us it set us back a year and a half Said it looks like the last show of Kiss as you know it with Gene and Paul. Interesting that he had that caveat there in the comment. Will be sometime at the end of next year, 2022. We don't have a locked in date yet. Because of what's going on, it's very difficult for people to hold dates because we don't even know if we're going to be able to play. Another interesting comment. We're trying to hold dates, but it will be next year. We want to get through what we said. The guys want to play to everybody. It meant we'll go to your town, big or small. We're not the red carpet band that you have to come out. We've always been the people's band in the sense that the Kiss Army that support us for all these years, we go to all the little towns to play. So he's commenting on the end of the Kiss tour, but I like how he says, as you know it with Gene and Paul. Yeah, and you also added somewhere along the line, like, yeah, Ace, I expect Ace Fraley will be there. God. I yeah, saw that the money's right. I saw that, that motherfucker people... gets gets away with saying that shit. That money's right. If Gene said, "Hey, hey, do you want to do a reunion with the guys?" Only the money if the right. money is right. Oh my god, he would never hear the end of it. But Ace can say it, and it's not a fucking big deal because it's true when <laughs> I say it. <laughs> but it's just aggravating for me. Yeah. I don't know. Paul's got close-ups of his face praising people. Gene is posting photos of celebrities in Kiss getup. It's it's in, it it you know it's funny. You just gotta wonder how much longer it's gonna go. And and and, and it's funny. I mean, I, I don't want to segue right into the topic that we're talking tonight, but it, it's right. gonna be it's gonna be interesting to 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 talk about current events in relation to our topic tonight. Okay. Yeah, because okay. some things fixed, some things didn't, some things have escalated, some things have de-escalated. Yep. We'll see. Yep. Want to want to want to get into it right now? Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on getting real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store 
or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, uh, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Is that what we're going to do? So we do. All right. So for quite some time, I had read the article back then. Uh, you know, Kiss was already fucking fighting, so it was no big deal. Mm-hmm. To step back now, Kiss's ending, seeing the biography, um, seeing them talk, seeing, you know, Paul doing shit with Ace once in a while, Gene once in a while, hi, Pete. Hi, Gene, like shit like that. Everyone's hi, UN. Hi, UN. <laughs> Say hi, you in. And I'm Sorry, in a difficult position here, I mean. <laughs> After all, you nerds. You nerds. He's right, you in. Can become oh, probationary. Good, luck. good luck to you, Burke. Can become probational tri lambs. <laughs> Congratulations. Anyway, oh, um, so let's get out of Revenge of the Nerds. Let's get back on focus, Tom. Focus. 
focus, you Lamar. Need to focus. I do need to focus. I'm usually a bit asleep by now, so go ahead. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be on yeah, so, I love it. Regardless, you know, looking back now and reading this, it's fucking holy, holy drama. Yeah. So I, I have a hard time, you know, between like being like, you know, fed up with certain comments by certain members or laughing at the fucking stupidity of some of the comments and fucking pissed off at the arrogance of Rolling Stone. Like, let's put you on the cover and right to their face, basically shit on the band. It's fucking condescending to everybody really in the band, shitting on them, fucking laughing at them and go, yeah, we'll put this on. We know that you will sell copies of our magazine when we put you on the cover more probably than any other band that they've sold uh, copies of in the last 10 years. So let's put, you know, uh, Rolling Stone, let's put a uh, kiss on the cover. And basically what this is, uh, Rolling Stone uh, uh, magazine came out April 10th, 2014. What else happened on April 10th, 2014? And that's when they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is why this is the first time Kiss ever made the cover, because now Rolling Stone could say, ooh, they're royalty. They're, they're good enough. We, 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 we approve of them. Yeah, now they're okay to get on our cover. Exactly. Um, and then, you know what? Kiss kind of like took it. Like, okay, we'll, we'll talk to you guys. They should have said, fuck you. We don't want to talk with you guys. And what's well, even worse than years. and what's even worse than that? We've talked about this before during the concerts, even today on the end of the road tour. You're looking at a band that's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Dude, who talks like that? Like, <sighs> oh. Which yeah. comes in which comes in interesting because so is probably Rockwell. Like, who, hey. who isn't, dude? Somebody's watching me is a fantastic song. <laughs> He's got that little pimp mustache. Yeah, hell yeah. Anyway, so it's a long article. Yeah, it's oh, written it, by it, some, it, it's a feature. It's a feature article. Yeah. yeah, it's written by someone named Brian Hyatt. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking care enough about this guy to look him up. But he's a condescending prick. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. So it's a long article about our favorite band, and it it's. You know, around the time of the drama of the uh, we're past the reunion stage, we're at the uh, basically the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Paul and Gene are like, you're not in it. You're not coming or we're not playing with you. And there's a lot of bitterness and animosity to go around. And uh, Rolling Stone does the uh, the this writer does the uh, legwork and he goes around and interviews Paul. Gene, Peter, Ace, all four of them. Mm-hmm. Head on, ask them. And this is as blunt and, um, you know, in your face as you can get. Yeah, there's a couple things in this article I thought that might even have been more blunt than the history documentary that just recently aired this summer. There's a couple comments in it that was like, wow, I, I'm surprised that they said this. But again, it's back in 2014. You know, it was a little bit of a different time with the band. Now, we'll try to put up a link to the article you guys can read. It's like 20 pages. Uh, We'll try to put it up so you guys can take a look at it. Yep. But let's just, you know, basically start from the beginning. Yeah. Um, And I believe what it ends up starting with is they're at none other than the Demon's House. Mm -hmm. And of course, if it's Rolling Stone, they're not going to talk about the music, the album sold or anything like that. They're going to talk right to Gene and marginalized Kiss by saying, look at him. He's showing us what they've sold. 
Yep. And, you know, Gene, he has no shame in his game. So immediately he starts talking about, you know, kiss caskets, kiss motorcycles, pinball machines. And he says something like this box has made more money than most people make on tours. Something Mm. along those lines. Look at the first look at the very first line of the article. All that's missing from Gene Simmons home office is a cash register. Yeah. That's how the article starts. Yeah. It's uh it's it's pretty shitty. Yeah. <laughs> you but you're you're right. What what a what a pisser, you know, way to start off an article. You've had you're you're doing you, the bands on your cover for the very first time. You do a feature article and you start right off by talking about Gene's tongue and the blood and the fire and all the merch that he's surrounded by. Yeah. So they talk that Kiss is still on tour. And they're fronted by two New York Jewish kids. Mm-hmm. Do they have to be Jewish? Like, yeah, I like, know. Like, it's why? a little like, yeah. why are you bringing that up? Like, where right. did that come from? Are you going to yep. say uh, Ace is German and fucking Peter is like, I've never heard of like, how many album review crews have we done? Have we been like, yeah, well, uh, you know, Mike McCready is of Irish descent and uh, Eddie Vedder is Hungarian. I don't know what the fuck he is. I'm right. saying. No, I know. I, I got you. Like, no, I, I awkward. I, yep. I, yeah, um, yeah. Then they talk about and smart guys who managed to write some of this is the phrase they use most gloriously brain dead lyrics. And what they quote is firehouse, get the firehouse because she sets my soul on fire. First of all, that's a pretty clever lyric. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about brain dead kiss lyrics. That's what you come up with. Well, yeah, two, two points here. First of all, again, the article is just getting started. Yeah. And you say gloriously brain-dead lyrics. So again, marginalizing the band. And you quote a lyric that's really not even that brain-dead. No, I think that lyric is fine. You're saying, <laughs> the right. fucking rockers talk about women and they make my heart a fire and right. shit like that. Right. Yep. So is Ring of Fire a fucking brain dead lyric for Johnny Cash? No, because it's Johnny Cash. It's considered one of the greatest songs of all time. It usually ranks the number one country song of all time. Yep. Would anybody say that's brain dead lyrics? How no. fucking sophisticated is that? Right. This is nope. the shit that fucking like I'm I'm already like, are Annoyed. you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. So they basically talk a little bit about the band and and the way they describe it at one point, they start doing a little bit of a um a chronological like facts of the band. So they say yep. he's fired the tender hearted and insecure. Chris. Um, again. Wow. Like what the fuck? But they keep <laughs> up the narrative because you know, his drug use and his biggest, the biggest hit Beth. And then he talk about ACE and they describe them as the gifted, but underachieving frailing. That's fantastic. What a great way to, to, to describe him. I love that. I love that. More descriptions, Tom. Kiss recorded, recorded a disco hit and a ludicrous <laughs> concept album. Again, we're only like three, four paragraphs into the album and you are butchering this band. All right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. They stuck two new guys in weird new makeup. I love that. Yep. <laughs> I love that. But and, here it gets before go finally unmasking them in 1983, before beginning a long run as mid-level hair metal hit makers, Stanley looked pretty without his makeup. Simmons, not so much. 
but I like that mid-level hair metal hit maker. Like again, marginalizing them as just like hair metal. Well, it, but but it's bad enough to call somebody hair metal. They're mid-level hair metal. You're, you're it's sh- an accurate description, though. No, 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 no. We know that. We know that. But the language that they're choosing here is just they're just butchering the band already. But yeah. continue. Yeah, these days Simmons and Stanley use two reliable hired guns. Instead, replacements who dress up as the old guy's characters, Fraley's and Chris's considerable distress. So it's Intr- using the narrative. Interesting choice of words. Who dress up as the old guy's characters. Yes. Uh, these are, I mean, we're just in the beginning. Oh, yeah. Um, it also says, then <laughs> Gene is just his own worst enemy. He's awesome. Simmons in this likes to say, Kiss is a brand, not a band. Kiss is like a cockroach that will all live you all. It's bigger even than the guys are in the band. And he means himself, too. So you're already starting with the fucking, you know, Kiss will outlive us. There'll be a new Gene, a new Paul, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that fucking nonsense. And then Gene is hawking his fucking family jewel shit. Like, he says things like this. It's so embarrassing. You know, I have more episodes than I love Lucy. Dude. Dude, that... In, in, like, why do you say that? Are you... Because it's like, it's quantity to him, not quality. No, He's like, like, I've recorded tons of shitty episodes, yeah. but they're more than Lucy. Yeah, she doesn't like, have as much. As- it's like saying, I wrote a song on the toilet called Mongoloid Man, and Bob Dylan's wrote songs. We're the same. Yep. Yep. Like, he, come on, Gene. And, it, and he also goes on and talks about again, obviously, um, it, if it were like the, the intelligence of rock stars, if it wasn't for their guitars, they'd be asking, would you like some fries with that, sir? Dude, why are you shitting on all your contemporaries? This, this is, is one why of- now where we are at and you guys are struggling a little bit. People are fucking swinging at you because of shit like this, which then this is one of the first comments in this article where I'm like 2021 Gene Simmons would never say that. He would never say that now. Nope. nope. You're right. Do it because he can't nope. get away with it. Nope. And then he starts off the next paragraph with when he's not slinging button pushing right wing lectures, he claims the <laughs> Vietnam War was a great idea. What the fuck? Dude, well, first, f- first of all, let's be let's be clear about if people aren't familiar with Rolling Stone. It's a fact. It's a it's a very left leaning publication, and that's fine. But it's funny how in 2014, Gene's being accused of button pushing right wing lectures. Fast forward to 2021. Yep, yep, yep. He's changed. Um, And, you know, and he talks about all those credible bands can kiss my ass. With all due respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all like, and he talks about rock and roll, no rules and things like that. You know, Gene, he loves the sound of his own voice and he, mm-hmm. he has interesting stuff. And if you've never heard Gene Simmons talk, the first time you hear him go off like this, you're like, this guy's fucking, oh, he's entertaining. Oh, oh he got, is. He's got a lot to say, this guy, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the next one is, which uh, uh, paragraph to describe, this represents a rock establishment that long dismissed Kiss. 
as a lowbrow purveyors of gimmickry. <laughs> oh my god! And then and uh, then if, then then they go to and then they go and make fun of Little Richard. No, <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess what he's saying. I mean, that's Rolling Stone that did that. That's what I'm saying. You know, right? Screaming nonsense syllables. Right. Uh, the most important thing Simmons says is that it's validation for fans who were picked on for liking Kiss, as opposed to I don't know air supply. <laughs> Dude, if you if you ever as a fan get validation from your band being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or getting a Grammy, then 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 you're not a fan of the band. Who fucking cares? I think Rolling Stone because if you can see the length of who they spoke to the most, Gene obviously gets the most ink. Oh yeah, I think Rolling Stone really hasn't talked to him much, and they just fucking they're like laughing at him, but they're like, let this guy talk. Let him Holy go. Shit. Let him go. Listen him to go. this shit. So that everybody in our New York fucking apartments can all we can all laugh at him and look at this asshole from Kiss. I think they let him go. Yeah, yeah. And they're laughing at him. The joke's on Gene, and I don't think he knows it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then Gene talks about selling out and he talks about Bruce Springsteen's online store sells mugs and tote bags. And uh, you know, the Bob Dylan sells stuff, a Super Bowl ad. Cherry Garcia, baby, the hippies lost. They really did. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get what he's saying. I mean, I've I do too. That. I've heard him do that interview when he was on with um, uh, what's his name there, uh, Henry L- uh, Rollins. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You're in the kiss business, baby. Yep. You sell T-shirts. You're in the kiss business. And fucking that guy's like, dude, I sell T-shirts for my band. I don't sell fucking rubbers. Yeah. Fucking caskets. <laughs> exactly. It's a big difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, then they go on to talk about the Hall of Fame uh, ceremony with them. And they uh, talk about something they're building and everything like that. Now, all of a sudden, Paul starts commenting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he talks about, like, not letting um, Ace and Peter back in. We've spent 40 years building something. And not to dissipate what we've done or confuse it by sending mixed messages. What we offered was to play with Tommy and Eric and then bring out Ace and Peter to play with us. It's funny because that's what I'm suggesting they do at the end of the road. Yep. I've been saying this all along. Yep. Let Tommy and Eric play the bulk of the concert in Kiss Makeup. Have them go off, take a little break, wipe their faces, get into street clothes, let Ace and Peter come out, and then Tommy and Eric get on the fucking instruments without the makeup off. Yeah. And let Ace come out with makeup, let Peter come out with makeup, and play with them like they did on Unplug. Because all you Ace Cult fans, no offense, it ain't Ace happening. is not playing no. a fucking full set with Kiss. No, 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 no. And Paul would never trust him to do that. Never. No, no, no. Yeah, and then you get then you get Peter commenting on this. So go ahead. Well, in, in addition to that, um, you know, uh, you know, Peter, he said the same thing over and over again about this. Uh, you know, I'm insulted by the proposition that they threatened to boycott the ceremony. I won't be disrespected. Uh, how can you put me in the Hall of Fame and then tell me to sit over there in the corner while another guy puts on my makeup and plays? That's an injustice to the fans, too. He kind of has a point for the Hall yeah, of, for, mean, for the Hall of Fame ceremony. He has a point. I get it. I get um, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I can see that. Yeah. And then, you know, Paul's they're talking about Paul making his comments about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and bitching about, you know, that only the four members got inducted, which I agree. Me too. You can't have fucking various rules. And he's right. Like 20 members of Grateful Dead 
mm-hmm. fucking 15 members of this band and all these people like this guy played on one album and then no only you four from kiss the band's been around for 50 fucking years what are you talking about uh, let's be serious the rock and roll hall of fame is just as fucked up and prejudicial as rolling stone oh, is they're, when yeah it, they're yeah just, so it, I mean, it is rolling stone basically exactly yeah exactly yep yeah now here's what's interesting gene has kind of changed his tune he's not as harsh no he's harsh here he's bad yeah simmons meanwhile says that fraley and chris no longer deserve to wear the paint the makeup is earned he adds you know just being in the beginning is not enough yeah you know me and he says you know quite honestly my hand to god i would prefer the same lineup all these years um and and if you and if you blow it up for yourself it's your fault you can't blame your band members oh look what happened to me look at my little violin i have no sympathy i think it's interesting how he says hand to god i would have preferred the same lineup all these years because then you gotta wonder you look over at eric and tommy and they're like what the fuck does that mean well i agree with that no i do too i do too but it's just like that's kind of something you might kind of something you might not want to say to rolling stone yeah and then um afterwards peter makes his assumption um like basically if he let us play with us the last time they did that they had to do the reunion so they don't want to open up that can of worms which i get it too i do too i do too but i think at this point at this stage there is so much bitterness they're like fuck you i know this is bugging you that we won't play with you guys. Yeah. So fuck you. We don't need you. Yep. And they're being pricks on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're going over to Paul. Oh boy. At his house. I know what I've accomplished. So I don't need, I don't need to see this stuff. And my friends don't need to see it. <laughs> this is the part that is like, it also can be so misleading because the impression it might give is that you're responsible for more than you actually were. Dude, that is fucking unbelievable. First of all, that is an obvious and completely clear slap to Gene. Yeah. But what are you, so, so what are you saying? Like, I know what I've accomplished. I don't need to see it. So your, your, your awards, or I, I understand the merch and how Gene is surrounded by all the merch and memorabilia. And then it says, you, it gets the impression that you were responsible for more than you actually were. What What, what are you getting at there, Paul? What are you trying it's to a say? The fucking thing, like he's elbowing him. Of course he is. He's like, yeah, the fucking way. You're not the fucking boss. Exactly. Hey, 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 everybody knows you don't do shit like I do. I'm the fucking man. Because amongst them, when they're talking, maybe the hit parader yeah. and shit like that, he ain't gonna say it. Now we're talking Rolling Stone, so I gotta let the critics know and all the big boys. So I can get my validation. Gene doesn't well, run Kiss. I well, yeah. run Kiss. Well, yeah, this could this could have been the birth of uh, Renaissance Man Paul. Yeah, yeah. You know? He wants his validation. Yep. This is when he fucking pushes. He does that Trump to the fucking Montenegro president move, where he fucking <laughs> elbows the guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, my way. That's what he basically does. He fucking tucks his jacket and like, yep. yeah, yeah, get behind me. Yep. Uh, I find that to be a fucking. So fascinating the dynamic between them that he literally just basically says right to them, knowing that they're interviewing the whole band. This is gonna come out. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying it. Yeah, I know. What's he gonna do about it? Nothing. Yeah, 
like that is such a fucking dick move. It really is. And like, like the image he's portraying, he's playing with his kids. Oh, daddy loves you throwing his kids up in the air and stuff. Oh, we'll yeah. get to more stuff that he does there. And it also does bring up, though, uh, sadly, his sedate speaking voice bears no resemblance to his jivey throat shredding. Oh, yeah. Stage. An uh, imitation of Steve Marriott's preacher man shtick. Yeah, and that was seven years ago they're saying this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and he talked about him maybe getting a vineyard. Yeah. And I make prosciutto. Anyways. <laughs> um, then afterwards, it does say that Stanley comes off as friendly and warm, though he can be chillingly blunt in assessing his old bandmates. Meaning, like, he can be cold as fucking hell. He's complete. We've said this before. He's borderline sociopath. Yeah. The, the way he's, like, emotionless sometimes. Yeah. He's a great line right here. But if you believe Chris and Fraley, he is a Dick Cheney life <laughs> figure in Kiss. The real power behind a flashier figurehead. And then here comes my favorite line right here by Peter. Paulie's the one you got to watch for, says Chris. He'll leave this building and then you'll go, holy fucking shit. He cut my throat. He really is the leader of kiss. He's the guy who pulls the strings. Trust me. That's fucking amazing. And I believe every word of what Peter's saying. I believe every word. You know, like every time I think of this, I always think of like, like the dynamic of me and you and our podcast. Yeah. Like, could you imagine if you were on another podcast and be like, yeah, Paul, uh, you know, Tom likes to have things around because he likes to give the image of he's responsible for a lot of our show. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. dude, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And I'd be like, like you know, would you get, uh, how would you like, you'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know, Zeus is the guy you got to watch out for. I mean, oh, this is, oh, ha- ha- you know, ha- half the time, I'd be like, holy shit, he, f- he fucking cut my throat. I can't believe it. <laughs> By the way, hey, he's my buddy. How you doing? Although, although, although <laughs> no, Peter's not trying, <laughs> Peter ain't trying to pretend they're buddies. <laughs> dude, like, you can't, like, how do you get along with somebody like this? Paul is such a fucking like, what? What did I say? That's what I'm saying. He's he is so cold. It's frightening. Oh, my God. Well, so right here, like like it says chillingly blunt, like <laughs> like he's chillingly antisocial. Like, like he's a sociopath. Like if one second, he's like friendly, polite. Then he's like, well, yeah, I took him in the backyard and I murdered him and his family and I buried him. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that a problem? What's the matter? <laughs> yeah, I, shouldn't have, yeah. I, should, I shouldn't have done that. I thought oh, yeah, he was real- my best friend. He saved my life. He did this and this and that. And then he didn't return my call. So I left him in the woods to die alone. Yeah. Why well, is that a problem? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, in addition to that section, Tom, listen to this. Paul says, I know two people who demonize me. He says, mm. it's funny because I don't know anyone else who does. <laughs> I can't be possibly responsible for those guys' situations or failures anymore. They can make someone else responsible for mine. Just fucking tone deaf. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know when he's probably saying, I don't know anybody else who doesn't like me. I know everybody likes me. What do you mean? I'm good enough. Yeah, I'm smart, smart enough. And doggone it, people like me. Yeah. And then he does the whole Gene's makeup is the face of kiss. Yeah. Yep. But yep. the idea that he's motivating force in the band. That's only believed by people who don't know the band. Another fucking psychopath comment right there. That is insane. (laughs) 
Oh my God. And then when they talk about, you know, G- Ace Leaves and Gene La- doing his fucking Hollywood shit. Yeah. Stanley felt abandoned. It wasn't like he was making Gone with the Wind. Some of it was more like passing wind. Why? Why does he have to? He literally is the definition of a bully. He he lifts himself up by minimizing everybody else. Oh, but he's on fucking Twitter telling everybody don't let don't put other people down. Lift everybody else. Listen you, to you, this shit. You took the words right out of my Wait, mouth. Did somebody say, "Hey, give us your honest assessment of Gene's movie career"? No one asked you that. So why'd you throw that in there? But that's my point. That's why this is so fascinating. Looking back seven years ago to read this to see where they are now, it's it's insane. And then he says, like, the thing that if it applies to Peter and Ace not pulling their fucking weight, basically, mm-hmm. that applies to Gene as well. Yep. Um, he talks about Gene loves the sound of his own voice. Yeah. Uh, and he talks then about basically the um, Family Jewels album, right? More, more insults. More insults. He says, because it wasn't reality, he says, laughing again, to create a life that isn't accurate and for me to be a part of it, or help you promote something that I think is questionable. And quite honestly, waste my time. You're missing out on living a lot, real life if you're filming a fake one. Unbelievable. Like, what the fuck, dude? First of all, Gene makes money off this show. Why are you fucking sabotaging it and say, oh, that's fake? Not to mention, let's just say for the sake of argument, you do perceive it as fake. So what, Paul? It's okay to have fun. Not everything needs to be like a serious, oh, because real thing. You know what it is? I feel like it eats him. The Gene, they're like, what about Gene? What about Gene? He's like, why? Because he films that show? It's fake. It's bullshit. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's beneath me. I'm yeah. a fucking star. I don't need to do fake reality shows. And he wants to put him down. Like, he's part of Rolling Stone. Like, if yep. Rolling Stone said, hey, come on in. You can be with us. He'd be like, see you, Gene. I'm over yeah. here now. And then look, and then look how gracious Gene is with his response, whether it's yeah. whether he, whether it's honest or not. Look at how he responds. That's why I love Gene. Presented with the list of Stanley's beefs with him, simply Sim simply pleads guilty. The luckiest break I ever got was meeting Paul Stanley, who who hated me when he first met me, though I thought I was arrogant. True, self-absorbed. True, guilty as charged. Thinks he's better than he actually is. Guilty as charged. And something in that mixture between us, you know that. They'd say that purebred dogs are retarded. Oh, my God. It's the difference in things that makes something stronger. Yeah. I mean, that's the difference. Fucking Paul is shitting on Gene in front of a big audience. Gene is like, yeah, Paul Stanley's the best. He's made my life. He's done this and that. You know why? Because there's a fucking brand and a business to, to, to uphold. And Gene knows it behind closed doors. He's probably like, why are you a fucking asshole right now? Like, why but he's you, not going to say that. Do this? Yeah. Why are you doing this? Why are you trying to take money out of the mouths <laughs> of my <laughs> wife and children? Um, yeah. It's just funny. When, when, and he says, when I asked Stanley, if the two men have ever sat down to work out their differences, he genuinely confused. I'm curious. What's there to work out? The fact that we have a 40 plus year between us means we've worked it out. And somehow I agree with Paul. Like, I don't need to fucking discuss it. We can say shit to each other and get away with it because we're fucking grownups. We're like a married couple. We're not going to get up and leave because, you know, you forgot to bring me a coffee. Right. What the fuck? Fuck off. Like, oh, I can deal. Or Gene will put up with no matter what you do. 
but you won't put up with what he does. Bingo. Right? Yeah. Bingo. What what is the problem? He'll fucking kowtow to whatever I fucking demand at this point. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I give a shit. And then could we skip the next few paragraphs here? Because no one needs to hear about Paul and his fucking ear and his bully. And he's a pudgy little kid who had no self-esteem. And it took Stanley years to. Yeah, we Wait, get it. There, fucking... is, there, there is a, Go there ahead. Is a great line in here. What is this? Um... <laughs> is it the quote from Gene? Paul invented himself, says Simmons. He was a pudgy little Jewish kid. <laughs> And he had this ear thing going on. Dude, you know how sensitive Paul is? Describes it in the most fucking detail, the, the fucking medical term and everything. And she's like, yeah, he had this ear thing yeah, going on. Whatever that weird fuck he had. Talk about minimizing something that is so serious to Paul. Dude, how many fucking interviews and things in on the biography, Paul's going to share a secret that no one knows. Dude, we know all about it. He fucking talks about his ear all the time. Oh, my God. Yeah, he had that fucking ear thing going on. Ah, is that what he does? Then <laughs> <laughs> they talk about the back to the roots and how they got into music and yep. the English version of American rock and roll. We've always been about verse, chorus, bridge, says Stanley. It's called a hook for a reason. And he's and he hosts a podcast called The Hook Rocks. Um, here's a great line. Here's a yeah. great line that I thought was interesting. Me being a Steely Dan fan. Oh yeah. And of course, Rolling Stone. They compared Paul and Gene to being a bizarro world <laughs> Becker and Fagan. Oh, because that's a fucking Rolling Stone fucking jerk off section. Oh, Steely Dan. It's oh, true. I'll do a fuck. And nobody loves Steely Dan more than me. But I like how they said bizarro world. Although, you know, Becker and Fagan, Stanley and Simmons. I just thought that was a cool reference. Yeah. And then they start talking about how the band got together and bring up the Colt thing or Chris, uh, Peter Chris blurted out that he had a nine inch cock. <laughs> Why did they bring that up? And I'm sure Peter wasn't like that all the time. Maybe it was brought up like, hey, you guys get any fucking, you guys get the ladies and stuff. And Peter may have said, yeah, I get the ladies. I got a big dick. That's why. Or something. Maybe they just said like, Hey, where are we getting dinner? I don't know. Why don't we? Hey, I got a nine-inch cock. <laughs> and then you get the great line here from Gene. He was a Sopranos guy, a Godfather guy. You know, the Italian alphabet. Fucking A. <laughs> Fucking B. B. <laughs> <laughs> I love Gene, man. He could be uh, such an idiot, but he's funny. And here you go with Peter. Oh, he yeah. had fired their whole band. He's talking about Wicked Lester. Chris yeah. says, that should have let me know something then and there. I remember saying to my mom, Ma, it ain't my kind of music, but we could become a really great rock and roll band. Mm -hmm. It's not your kind of music, and it's a rock and roll band, Peter. What the fuck are you talking about? Exactly. You know, sometimes, you know, this is the stuff that Peter sometimes is his own worst enemy. Oh, yeah. Contradicts himself all the fucking time. Yep. Yep. You know, Um, anyways, they talk about them rehearsing, you know, and then I think at one point they talk about like, they certainly not Ace or Peter, who never thought of anything, which is such bullshit. And to Rolling Stone's defense, they even say this is unfair. For one, it was Freely who designed the band's logo. So Rolling Stone is defending those guys. Yeah, that's not cool that they did that, in my opinion. Um, what? Well, not not no. Wait, not cool that Rolling Stone said that? No, that fucking oh, what do you call it? Oh, that, that Paul they, said that. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, absolutely. You know, not Ace or Peter. 
Right. I right. can't take credit. Paul can't say Simmons. Nobody can. Certainly not Asia Peter, who never thought of anything. Why? Why again? What the fuck, dude? Ugh. Yeah, this is the kind of shit that they do. That uh, you know that you can't defend it. I can't no. defend that. No. Um. And then they talk talking to Gene. This is a fucking dude. Interesting this, little this visit. Is, this is so cringe right here. <laughs> it's so fucking. I, so I in the talk- middle of this Rolling Stone article, apparently. Billy Ray Cyrus jumps in and comes visits Gene at his house. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus? Why? <laughs> he says, Simmons says, I hardly have any friends. Friendship is overrated. That's Gene playing Gene. I don't believe so, that a minute. That's, that's what you say when you have no friends, that you say friendship is overrated. I think that's Gene and his business mogul fucking trying to play yeah and that's why rolling stones all laughing at him and shit when he's doing stupid shit like this uh <laughs> he is is saying billy ray cyrus is starstruck by simmons though the feeling doesn't seem to be mutual why is he there there's no explanation as to why he's there <laughs> is he friends with because he comes over and gene just starts shitting on him Billy Ray Cyrus says, at least he's getting ready to unleash some tragic tales. I had a rough time growing up. Simmons cuts him off. So did I. <laughs> My mother was in a Nazi concentration camp. I came to America when I was eight years old, and I didn't speak a word of English. You know what that I reminds me of? Momentarily struck dumb. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of the scene in Seinfeld. When they talking to Poppy, Poppy, how 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 is how is your mother? Well, my mother, when she grew up in the, it's like, <laughs> dude, we're just having a conversation. Not everything needs to be so serious and life threatening. Like, Billy Ray Cyrus is going to tell his story about like how he grew up and he listened to Kiss music. He's telling like he was. Poor. My mother was in the Nazi camps. <laughs> I don't want to hear about your drinking days. <laughs> I love how the fucking reporter picks up like how cringy this is, how Gene doesn't give a shit about him. He's not being polite. And, and, and then like, and and the other guy's like being like credit, dumbfounded. Yeah, then credit to Billy Ray. He's like, Yeah, I, I didn't overcome nothing compared to what you did. Like Billy Ray's like, why first of all, no one is still answering me why Billy Ray Cyrus is in Gene Simmons' house. <laughs> In any case, Cyrus says Simmons really has to come and hang out at his house someday. Do you have any matzo? Simmons asks deadpan. Oh. Cyrus smiles uncertainly. Like, what the, like, what the fuck, dude? Oh. oh, my God. Oh, God. Anyways, again, they talk about Gene growing up. Uh, you know, obviously the story, his mother and somebody... <laughs> Fucking mother slapped Gene when he was a kid and his mother beat the shit out of him and got locked up, but they let her go because she was such a devoted mom. Uh, Gene, this is the other part. You know, they always, we've known the story. Gene was viciously oh, yeah. mocked by other children. Yep. Even, even he, after he named himself Gene Klein. Have you ever seen like or seen any things of Gene 
taking that negatively. Like if you're talking about like in therapy and stuff, the way Paul got fucking terrorized. Yep. Paul wasn't like Gene coming over. Paul was born right. here. Right, right, right. So Gene got fucking really abused too. Yep. Gene never was like, yeah, I got made fun of. I don't know. Kids are so mean. He's like, I love America. Yep. Yeah, I got made fun of. And he just says it nonchalantly. Yeah, he's like, I, I turned it in. I turned it into something creative. I, I buried myself in pop culture, monster movies, comic books, you know, all now that I stuff. have the last laugh. Exactly. So Tim Smith on Park Avenue B, go <laughs> fuck yourself. <laughs> Why? Because fuck them. <laughs> but like, I, I find that fascinating. She never, never sits back and is like, oh, the fucking the shit I had to go through. Yeah. He's always like the stuff my mom did for me. Exactly. The stuff my mother went through. He doesn't sit there and say, you know, oh my God, I've had such a terrible life. I had to no. Do- he he He's always, always cr- praising America and the the, the and, he, and, he, and he American dream. Yeah, and he always credits all of his struggles as things that built him up into the man that he is today. He 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 uses them as like as building blocks and tools to who he is now. He doesn't use them as like struggling things. He uses them as you know building points. So, although Gene, we all know his faults. They're all out in the open. Mm-hmm. This is one of the things that he does. That inside, like you really believe he's he's got a code. He really does. Oh, yeah. So they talk about the fact that, you know, we all know Gene's father left him and abandoned him. Yep. Apparently, his father on his deathbed wanted to see Gene and Gene wouldn't visit him. Mm-hmm. But as soon as Gene became successful, was mailing his father checks. Interesting. Out of out of like probably a, a feeling of duty and loyalty as a son, even though his father abandoned his mother that he worshipped. That's fucking like all this character stuff. Could you imagine Paul? It's great that Gene has an unbelievable line right here. He says, "You get hurt, the scars heal, but you can still see them." I created Gene Simmons because the other me didn't work. Yeah. Like that's an introspective, self-aware man. But believe it or not, I'm like he's a gentleman. Yeah, like he he feels like he has a duty. He has to do this stuff. He doesn't believe in it, but he's doing it. Yep. To send money to your father after doing that shit, mm-hmm. but then he he acts like he regrets it. Now I didn't see the episode on uh, on Family Jewels about you know when he reunites with his family because mm-hmm. his father had a second family and he reunites and it was supposedly very emotional so fuck you paul yeah exactly anyways um but it's it's interesting stuff so i'm sure gene gets you know takes his stuff you know he as he gets swelled he swells in the eyes he gets all oh yeah and he gets all fucking emotional about this yep but how do you not like him even though all he does all this fucking says stupid shit from time to time Mm -hmm. as a person you're like fuck this guy you know what he does the right thing when he needs to sometimes. Really Always. Does. Yep. Always. Right. So anyways, <laughs> and then pandemic Paul makes an appearance and he's dropping off his new book to Gene. Oh God. This is the other part again about the fucking relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Paul Stanley was bringing a copy of the book. He hadn't let Stamp Simmons read it. Uh, Simmons is delighted to see him, 
but it's clearly been a while since he's come over. So he's delighted to see him, but he's not impressed with like Billy Ray Cyrus and other people. He sees Paul every fucking day. He's his partner for 40 years. And the way you're making it, they're making it seem like, like this is what he gets. Oh, look at Gene. Look how excited he is. Look how happy he is. Because yep. Paul's coming over. Exactly. Right? Yep. Yep. It's like, dude, why is Paul such a dick to him? Yep. Gene is like so courteous and so fucking like affectionate to Paul. Like, come on over. He starts showing him, said, you want to come this? And then this is the other great part. Um, they go through the stuff and they start looking at the book and they see a picture apparently of what looks like he's uh, like Ace and Peter. And he's like, where was that? The one satisfaction that those two guys should get in life is knowing that every day we talk about him, says Stanley, a day can't go by that, that you don't remember something that is astonishing. Dude, what a fucking heightened sense of self-importance. The one satisfaction those guys should get is knowing that we talk about them. Really? They have nothing else in their life. So or it's only about Paul Stanley talks about me. But but he but Not that, the that, birth that, of their children, the love of their wives. Nope. That sense of, of self-importance that Paul has is just a, it's mind-blowing. You know? Yeah. And then later on. You could see, do you want to take some toys for the kids? No, thanks. Do you want to go upstairs? No. Stanley says, smiling, like, what a fucking dick. Imagine. Yep. It seems clear that there's at least one person Simmons wants as a friend. That is, uh, that they're painting that picture of Gene being that guy. Yeah. Do, do you want to come upstairs? No. Or do you want to drink? No. Do you want to take some toys? No. Look at Gene. He really wants to be friends with Paul, but Paul's saying no to him. Like, yeah, like Paul's fucking, fucking with him emotionally. Yeah, yeah. Of course he is. Yeah. Oh, we're doing Rolling Stone. Let me come over and talk about and put my book into this fucking story. Bingo. Exactly. Yeah, right? like just like that. Like that was an accident. Oh, Gene, you're here with Rolling Stone. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this is your time with Rolling Stone. Let me insert myself. Yep. Oh, no, I got to go. T- I got to fucking give the kids a bath. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then Gene starts talking. Hmm. Uh, they've been torn together so long. And even Simmons says it isn't egotistical enough to think that they can tour forever. Physically. I won't be able to do this into my seventies. He says, Uh Oh, yes. Um, I'm 64. Now three more tours two. If I have life change of some kind. (laughs) (laughs) And then they talk about replacing themselves on the tour again. Of course. Yep. What do you think about that, Tom? Again, I think it's fascinating looking at this article, you know, from seven years ago, talking about how, you know, you know, physically, I won't be able to do this in my 70s. Okay, he's 70. (laughs) They talk about replacing themselves with new members, and they still talk about that now in 2021. It's just a fascinating thing to talk about the timeline of this article and where we are now. Here's the other interesting part. Here comes. He takes a breath and is for a moment unusually pensive. Mm hmm. Sometimes, he says, when I come out and sit out there, just relax between meetings and stuff. Paul's right. I keep thinking about Ace and Peter. What are they doing now? Where are they? It's got to be close to the end. How do you make any money? How do you pay your bills? 
I mean, it's going to be, you're in your 60s. Peter's going to be 67, 67. I think he's 68 now. That's it. You're done. He still cares. He actually cares. What are they doing? How are they surviving? Well, I think, well, you heard it earlier in the, earlier in the article that Gene even said, hand to God. I wish, I wish the original lineup stayed. He, he truly loves Peter and Ace. He acknowledges that they were fuck-ups because of the way Paul is personally being burned by one by somebody once you're you're dead to them to Paul. Yeah. Gene Gene is a lovable guy who who he misses them, you know. But I also think it's funny how it's like it's got to be close to the end. How do you pay a bit? Like he thinks they're like living under like a bridge. Like yeah, you know and he I feels mean? bad. He thinks about them. Right. But he's thinking right. about them as a person. Correct. Not like yeah, um, we played this. We might have to ask him for the rights to this, or we got to right. do this, or right. let's ask him that. No, he's like. How are they? Which translation to, to, to me, I, 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 if you want to interpret that and look into it a little bit, even deeper, that to me shows that if Gene had his way, Ace and Peter would be part of this end of the road tour. Yeah. in some capacity, some yep. figure it out. I agree. Um, yep. I, I just think that Gene goes along. Sure. Paul, no problem. You, I've got your back. Yep. They're not in the band. Whatever, whatever the talking points is, I will, I will forcefully put out those talking points. Yep. But part of him is like, yeah, I do wonder what's going on with those guys. Yeah. And it's sad that it, it's like that. But again, you know, through all the shit, a lot of us Kiss fans that read into this shit, Gene's the good one. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Right. And it reminds me of the earlier in the article, Peter's like, no, 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 no. That's the motherfucker over there. Paul's yep. the fucking ruler. He's yep. the Dick Cheney. <laughs> All right. Now the article moves over to the other two guys. Holy fuck balls. Oh, boy. Uh, now they get over to Ace, 62, lives with his much younger fiance, a singer-songwriter named Rachel Gordon. Oh, talk about how time has changed. <laughs> Who likes to stick dildos up his ass. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Oh, that fucking psychopath. Um, and then, uh, you know, so I have a I'm healthy. I work and I have a beautiful woman. You, you forgot the best line. I'm happier than a pig and shit. <laughs> And then he said, and then he says what we talked about earlier. I'm thinking about putting out an animation and scoring it like a space animation, but there's not that many hours in the day and I'm lazy. I'm still lazy. <laughs> you are legendary, lazy, legendary. But here, here's another great line. My problem is that God gave me too many gifts. <laughs> Holy fucking Gene Simmons. I love Ace. That's why why sometimes I love the Ace cult. And from all the drugs and alcohol, I have attention deficit disorder. So so sometimes I just stare at the computer. But that's okay. You know why? Because I'm alive. (laughs) I'm picturing that scene. Again, another Seinfeld reference where Putty's just sitting at the couch. He's fucking dead stare. <laughs> it's on the plane, and Elaine's like, "Well, that, that oh yeah, that's yeah, do you too. want a book or something?" She's like, "No, no. <laughs> you want to look, look at this?" No, <laughs> <He's> just... <laughs> well, you just. <laughs> 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 oh, 
I just stare at the computer. <laughs> I just got back from Vegas where I spent a couple of days recording and gambling. I lost five grand. No so big they- deal. Peanuts. I can't drink. I can't do drugs anymore. But there are other vices. <laughs> the guy, you know, this guy is super entertained. He's like, he's quite a character, Ace Fraley, with a one of a kind squeaky voice and cackle that everyone who's ever met him can imitate. Yeah, that's How many true. times have we talked to anybody or seen videos of other celebrities going, ah, Ace Fraley? I was listening to an episode where Eddie Kramer was a guest on the Eddie Trunk podcast, and even yeah. Eddie Kramer broke into an ace impersonation. <laughs> when, when we had Carmine apiece, he started doing it. He's like, yeah, well, yeah. Hey, hey, Curly. Hey. Sometimes I think I'm not from here. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is a fucking hilarious part. <laughs> really, who has been sober for seven years after a long this is too fucking funny. <laughs> it. We're not making this up. This is no, in, no, this is in the after article. a long battle that left his memory a little shaky. He has spoken about falling down a flight of stairs around 2002, further damaging his memory, leaving him briefly worried that he wouldn't be able to play guitar again. Did I? <laughs> oh, you're right. Thank <laughs> you very much. I did fall down a flight of stairs. It was the scariest thing. <laughs> No, no, you forgot. 40 minutes later, that's a sudden revelation. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 40 oh, minutes. Yeah, you're right. Thank you very much. I did fall down a flight of stairs. It took him 40 minutes to remember that he fell down a flight of and stairs. And his shoes fell off. He's talking to him. It's like, yeah, he didn't you like fall down the stairs and hurt your memory? <laughs> and then I played on an album called Anomaly. This that. Oh yeah, I did fall down a flight of stairs. <laughs> 40 minutes later. <laughs> the guy's got fucking spaghetti for a brain. <laughs> you know the guy that wrote this realizes how fucking ridiculously funny that is. <laughs> 40 minutes later, he remembers it. I can picture the interview. They're probably talking and like all of a sudden Ace like, oh yeah, I did fall down. The guy's like, dude, that was 40 minutes ago we were talking about that. <laughs> oh, oh, what a mess. Oh my God. Oh. oh. Anyways, but they talk about this. Of all the KISS members, Freely may have the most impact on other musicians. And who Ooh, do they here, quote? Here comes a timely reference. He was the first guitar hero for many players of the generation. Ace was their firecracker, their dynamite, says Pearl Jam's Mike McCready, who modeled the solo on a live on Freely's She Lead, which in turn he took from Robbie Krieger on the doors five to one, which we just referenced in our newest ARC episode for Pearl Jam 10. We talk about that. Yeah, this is another fucking dick move. Here comes fucking Dick Stanley. Fucking Paul shitting on everybody's parade. Stanley argues. So they come back and add this probably in. Oh, yeah. To refute what, how, you know, the writers given Ace credit that other musician, Paul probably hears this. Bingo. And he's like, I, I'm fucking bringing this down. I'm going to cut this guy right down. 
just because you're voted number one guitar player in Circus Magazine over Jimmy Page doesn't mean you really are. Those guys just ate up that kind of nonsense and believed it. How much more of an asshole can you be? Yeah. Why? Obviously, obviously when they win awards like that in Circus Magazine, best drummer, Peter doesn't think he's a better drummer than John Bonham. He thinks he's probably right now the most favorite of fans. That's all. Correct. Yeah. Correct. But Paul doesn't want to hear that the guy says, that ace is probably the most beloved by musicians yeah i'm not giving him that fucking he's not getting credit because now they think they're important to kiss yeah exactly unbelievable what a fucking dick yep and then (laughs) he talks about doing coke i like to drink (laughs) you like kiss (laughs) i like to drink let me ask you a question do you like drinking Hell, you like drinking? Who the hell don't? Well, if you like me, you like to get bent just as fast as possible. That's why I'm proud to introduce to you Uncle Jemima's Pure Mash Liquor. I'm Uncle Jemima. You probably know my wife, Aunt Jemima, the pancake lady. Because I was really, I was really off to the races. Yeah, I like to drink more and longer. And then Coke helped me so I could go longer before passing out. <laughs> what a fucking mess. <laughs> and then they started talking about making, you know, obviously the Phantom of the uh, Phantom of the Opera oh, uh, God. Uh, at the park. Yep. Right. And they mentioned that uh, in their eyes, he wasn't holding up his end of the bargain. Whereas he wasn't sure he'd actually even made that bargain. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like Paul and Gene expected more input from Ace, and Ace right. was probably like, "When did I fucking say I was going to write all the songs?" <laughs> I think that's what they're trying to imply. Yeah, but let's be honest, Ace, you came in in the beginning with "Strange Ways," "Cold Gin," mm-hmm. um, you know, all the great solos and some more songs. Obviously, I'm drawing a blank now, but you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Where did all that shit go later on? Right. Exactly. He started drying up. Well, then well, then his excuse, as we've discussed before, is that he felt like every time he brought something up, Paul and Gene would be like, no, that sucks. So then he's like, I stopped I stopped volunteering options because they just shot him down. That's his story, which may, may, may or may not be true. And they laugh about and talk about how Ace's stuntman was a black guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they none of us. And then here comes Paul shitting on the fucking movie again. As always. Oh, God. Uh, none of us read the script, said Stanley. They threw us our lines from off camera. It was a farce. Oh, boy. Paul shitting on stuff again. We know that. And, yeah. And then they talk about Bill Coin came up with a genius solution. They'd all record solo albums. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they talk about the author does fucking, you can tell it likes Ace. Oh, yeah. Because there's a lot of parentheses things he adds. Go ahead. Yeah. That. And he's like, you know, he talks about Ace's doing the, the best. Um, and Fraley, whose songwriting, songwriting had been pent up Harrison style. Let's not fucking go overboard. Yeah. Like George Harrison, like had all these great songs. And then like the Beatles are like, fuck off. You're not singing that song. Um, and then right. he, when they broke up, all of a sudden he releases this incredible album. They're like, oh, fuck, where are these songs? Yep. Let's not go overboard with Ace's material being that good. 
Uh, it also had the biggest hit, New York Groove. Simmons claims his solo OP, including a cover of When You Wish Upon a Star. Like, why does that guy have to throw that in? There? He's like trying why do you to think? fucking minimize Gene. Oh, totally. Yeah, you do. You have one. Outsold Fraley's. Fucking Gene. Fraley says laughing. Here it is. How many times does he say these, this phrase? Yep. Those fucking guys are trying to rewrite history. <laughs> He's always, right. Those guys. Yep. Always. Those guys. Always loves it. Those guys were fucking assholes to me. Um, and then here comes maybe the funniest story in the whole article. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fraley, they talk about reluctantly. He didn't reluctantly do shit. Fucking Peter sucks anyways. Get rid of him. They that he reluctantly voted to kick out Peter. Yep. So Peter, they say, try to get his they make Peter look like a fucking dick in this whole oh, article. Badly. Like I think Peter doesn't get it. He thinks he's like letting out his grievances. No. And they're like, oh wow, wow. They're like, what listen to this fucking delusional bitch. Yeah. But anyways, Peter then goes on to say that Chris took his revenge in his book. Going into detail about Fraley's bisexual experiment in the 70s. And I think that's the one where he says Peter woke up and a girl was going down on him. Then he looks down and it was Ace. Oh, that what I do? Sucking your cock? Is that what I'm doing? (laughs) Hey, fuck it. What do I care? I'll suck your cock. And fucking Ace goes, when you're high, you'll do anything. (laughs) So what? It means nothing. I've always been heterosexual. <laughs> I've lived 10 times as much as people live in one lifetime. I've done every drug. I've done a menage a trois and everything else in between. I've tried being bisexual. It's stupid. It's not for me. <laughs> oh, it's stupid. He says. Hey, Paul Stanley. Have you ever seen Ace Fraley sucking on a cock? Yes, I have. And it was Peter Chris's. Yes, it's stupid. It's not for me. Oh, oh man. Oh, my God almighty. Yeah. All right, wrapping it up. And then he talks about oh. quitting the band and he had to leave or commit suicide. He's like, you know, he told him that he, I walked out on a $15 million contract. That would be like a hundred million today. No, we wouldn't. No, we wouldn't. <laughs> wasn't that long ago. <laughs> My attorney said, looked at me, say, what are you crazy? Oh God. And they talk about the makeup. And again, it's just minimizing Peter to make him sound like such a fucking idiot. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. And he said he's confused about the circumstances that Chris relinquished his rights. Fraley maintains that he licensed his. This is the part which is fucking awesome. Like yeah. uh, this part I like because I, mean, I know Paul's a dick, but Paul's like right to the point. He says he's due to get his rights back soon. A claim Stanley called a fantasy. We own it. He sold it. <laughs> in the in, in the meantime, Thayer, who once worked as the band's road manager. Where's Fraley's makeup? Says Fraley. I mean, a super group has one of the most dynamic, greatest lead guitarists in the world leave the band. And who do they hire to place to play lead guitar? 
their road manager who used to be in a Kiss cover band. How insane is that? You can't make this shit up. <laughs> and then he is in general unimpressed with the band's current state. Paul's voice is shot. <laughs> this uh, was seven years ago he said yeah, this. I know. Thayer, whose Kiss cover band was just a goofy side project <laughs> while he was in a major label metal band, responds, these guys like to say, oh, he was a road manager. I've been in music for 30 years, which is true. Yeah. Like but a you lot also of those bands, those metal bands, they had to do other fucking jobs when the when those you know, when when all those bands died because of Pearl Jam, Beavis and Butthead, and all that shit, right? They had to find something to do. So he stayed in music. Good for fucking Tommy Thayer, but to call him just like a road manager. He's not Doc McGee. Doc McGee's not dressing up as ace and you know, playing in Kiss right now. Yeah, he was also in Black and Blue. Yeah, I mean, but he <laughs> no, was also I'm, in real. I'm, I'm, he was a real band, and I know I'm joking. I'm, I'm, jo- I'm joking. The Kiss played. <laughs> right, right. Uh, the band's current drummer Eric Singer points out, Fraley never complained during the portion of the reunion era that had him playing with Singer in full cat makeup instead mm-hmm. of Chris. Well, Peter sold his rights to the makeup. Fraley says with a shrug. Like, ah, fuck it. You got me. <laughs> Dude, that is a fucking dick. Like, like, yeah, he is true. He did fuck. Like, he didn't care when Peter wore the makeup. And Peter, the same thing. He didn't care that Tommy was wearing makeup when right. they played with them. You know, it's just the same thing. Yeah, I'm going to write a new book. What was this article seven years ago? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to, the working title is Some Regrets. <laughs> He throws his head back and laughs. Oh, now, now they save some interesting shit for the final segment. Over to Peter. Yep. So they go to Peter's house and apparently Peter didn't like to open the door because at one point, a bunch of skinheads showed up and asked him for autographs and it freaked them out. That's a fucked up story. They fucking stabbed George Harrison in his house. They shot John Lennon. The kiss cards are gonna fucking ask me to sign these Don Russ cards. Dude, kiss cards. Some fucking some toxic Facebook group is gonna take a field trip to fucking Brooklyn. <laughs> fucking jump no, to New Jersey. Sign my Don Russ 110 card. <laughs> but you know, you know, I'm just thinking right real quick before we go into Peter. Ace's comment, they didn't replace you. With the fucking road manager. They replaced you with a fucking technically more gifted guitarist than you and a way better songwriter. Vinnie Vincent. Exactly. Of course. Oh, and yeah. Fucking over the years, they fucking did that. So don't say right. they replaced you with them. Right. You right. know, I'm a world class guitarist. <laughs> Circus Magazine said so. <laughs> I fucking beat out. The fucking mountain guy on guitar. <laughs> anyway, oh. Anyways, back to Peter. Peter, who hangs out in his basement, apparently. Uh, <laughs> and some of his most prized showbiz achievement, his People's Choice Award, <laughs> is being displayed. <laughs> it makes me think of what? Where's my Grammy? <laughs> Let me get my girlfriend on the phone, Rachel. She'll fucking... Hey, Pooh Bear, can you bring out my Grammy? What Grammy? Uh, Ace, it's not a Grammy. It's a uh, People's Choice Award. Oh, <laughs> fuck. 
I thought I had one of them. Didn't I have a Grammy? This these these next few quotes from Peter here about Beth are fucking fantastic. Oh. Well, before he gets to Beth, fucking god damn it, Mr. Stanley. Yeah. He's got to chime in. Um, so they're talking a little bit about fucking Beth and you know how big and how proud the author is right and how proud he is of that song. Mm-hmm. But Stanley claims the drummer had little to do with its creation. Peter can't write songs because Peter doesn't play an instrument. Stanley argues. Penridge came up with sings Beth. I hear you calling. Peter had nothing to do with it because if you write one hit song, you should be able to write two. That's the reality. Devastating. It's the truth. It was with a lifeline that Peter hung on to, to validate himself, but it wasn't based on reality. Dude, why the fuck do you want to diminish this man's reason for living? Because that shows you how honestly jealous, but it's worse than that. That just shows you how nasty Paul is. He, he hits people where he knows it's going to hurt them. Dude, do you realize how fucking pathetic? It's like, no, no, no. The greatest thing that you are so proud of, I'm going to show that you have nothing to do with it. What does this gain me? It's not like saying like he stole that from me. But he look, just look, wants to make Peter feel like, no, no, you're not good enough to do anything. You and can't again, write the song. And you again, this. And, and again, more sociopathic behavior where he's like, that's the reality. Devastating. It's the truth. As if he's like proud that yeah, what I'm he's saying honest as, as if as if he's proud that what he's saying is devastating yeah it's the truth as if he didn't write books and go on fucking line and talk about how people need to be nicer to people people need to be better i let things go i've learned yep. to not fucking hold on to grudges and shit are you fucking kidding me Brutal. i'm telling you it's like the one fucking crown and she it's like oh i'm so the proudest thing i am is my son my son's the greatest thing in the Oh, by the way, that's not your son. Somebody else fucking around. You had nothing to do with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> by, by the way, and, you're, and, by, and he's a dork and he's a fucking loser, by the way. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I know I know you think he's great, but he's not. Yeah, yeah they all make fun of him on the team. He's not fucking yeah. successful. He's a yeah. loser. Like you. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. And then and then you got then you got then you got Peter's response, which is fucking great. Go ahead. Okay. So then Peter says, well, first, Bob Ezrin jumps in, and I think he's being uh, the middle the middleman here. He's saying, I don't think I can break this tie. I wasn't there when he was working with the co-writer. That's 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 again, Ezrin's. It's not <clears throat> who wrote this song. I wrote those. Right, right, right. No, he wrote the song. No, I came up with the chorus. No, right. It's I had nothing to do with it. I'm just not getting you credit. You're not. A, I'm not allowing you to have any fucking right. respectability with anything. You have no talent. Fuck and then you got and then you got Peter. So Peter says, actually, this is Gigi who sits with Chris. She says, God forbid you get the credit. Then Paul, then Peter says, Paul is so full of fucking shit. Because as lead singer of the band, he never got to write the hit. That's his problem. They hated the fact that I wrote a hit record and won a People's Choice Award. And he's fucking he's right. Okay. Part of that is right. First of all, they 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 fucking um, highlight and elevate Paul's theory probably about his annoying wife. Oh and yeah, put comments like, who sits by Chris's side during the interview, occasionally amplifying or correcting his answers. You said that already. 
Yeah. In, per, in parentheses, it says, yeah. So do you, do you get the image they're portraying? They're letting Paul's narrative be fucking thrown in here. Yep. If you've noticed that. Yep. Um, I think they try to let it go with Ace too, but Ace is such a fun character. They yeah. like, what are we going to do? But they are fucking attacking Peter here. Here's the thing with what Peter says, though. Paul did write hits. He's written, he's written many hits. Even one that was one fucking thing less than yours in forever. But he's written many hits. Peter, you're not going to win by saying, oh, he didn't get the one hit that I got. No. What he should be saying is, Paul has just this hatred because he doesn't want me to have any success. I don't know what it is about him, but he doesn't want me to have anything about how proud I am about Beth. Because, you know, because of that, Peter became probably insufferable. Mm-hmm. So let's be probably. Honest. Yeah. And so Paul's like, fuck him. I'm not going to let him fucking like blow this up. And, you know, Peter probably was like, you know, I wrote a fucking hit. You know, I got the people's choice award for our band. And they're probably like, dude, get the fuck out of here. Like he's like Fredo. I'm smart. I could do things. Yeah. But it <laughs> reminds like me say. of I just recently saw something on Journey. And I always oh, thought, yeah. and I was saying to you guys, I always thought Steve Perry got the fucking shaft. He's a fuck. They treat him like shit. Mm-hmm. Then I saw another one on him. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what a fucking dick. No mm-hmm. wonder, like, they're like, we make so much money. He is so talented. He's so awesome. But fuck him. Yep. He's such an asshole to us. Fuck off. And yep. now they're happy making a ton of fortune. He's like, what the fuck happened to me? They had enough oh. of his shit. Oh, yeah. Don't what get me Perry? wrong. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Peter's a pain in the ass. But I yeah, think oh, he's... No, no, and he's my favorite guy. Of course. I can only imagine. They're probably like, this motherfucker has never added shit to our stuff. He can't even play the drums. His drums suck. Yep. He comes up with songs that are half written by his buddies. But at least he brings something in. Yeah. They, they, Paul does not like that the fans like him. Oh no, does not like that. He doesn't no. like that Ace gets credit as a guitar guy. He every single thing in there, they go back to Paul. You Paul's comments. That? Yeah. They don't go back to Gene says this about Peter. Gene says this about well, think about it. You bring up a good point. Since the since the article turned towards Ace and Peter, you haven't really heard one word from Gene in this article. Gene's gone. It's all it's oh, you all know Paul. what the last word from Gene was? I wonder what they're doing. Exactly. And you and they never all this. It's it's Ace, and then you get Peter, and then you get a couple of Paul retorts. You never get. It's almost as though they Paul said, "I'll do this," but every when you're done interviewing those guys, I want last word. Bingo, Zeus. It's the exact same. Does he have a word for everything that they bring up? Zeus, it's the everything. It's the exact same reason why Paul was the last person to write his autobiography. He let the other. he, He let the other three guys write theirs first. Yeah. And so, anyways, they say, you know, the, they, that he's full of shit, this and that. And then Peter talks about, this is the stuff he does. I'm next to Mitch Mitchell and Charlie Watson incorporated jazz fills into rock and roll. Yeah, you were a jazz style. Maybe he did. I don't know. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I love Peter Chris, but he's not in their level. But not that fucking Charlie Watts is a fucking great drummer. Rest no in fact. peace. He's yeah, not. Exactly. He's, a, he's a very, he's a a very similar gentleman and one of my favorite peoples in rock and roll. But no one's like, oh, my God. No, they're very similar, simple jazz-type drummers. They're not rock drummers. And that, there's nothing wrong with being that. This is the part that fucking is just, good God, Peter, they're fucking, they're fucking with you. You don't realize yep. how stupid you look. Mm-hmm. You look and sound like a fucking idiot. Yep. Chris was intimidated by Simmons and Stanley's drive and book smarts. 
They didn't go out of his way, their way to make him feel comfortable. You're going to treat me like a piece of dirt? Then I'm going to be mean. And I would have to pull up my bag of tricks because I didn't go to college. I didn't have the knowledge that they had. And they would use that constantly. Use words I didn't understand. I'm a kid from Brooklyn. I was not the smartest bulb in the band. They would literally embarrass me in front of people. You can only take so much of that. First of all, yeah, I don't know. This is it's almost like a parody of Peter Chris. It it really is. You sound like a whiny little bitch. Yep. Dude, what the fuck is this all about, Peter? I I have to go ahead. You have to pull out my bag of tricks because I didn't go to college. Dude, you sound like a fucking idiot, and they should be making fun of you. You do sound you you sound as stupid as you (laughs) were made to feel. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Smart. It sounds like Fredo. I could do things. I'm smart. Yeah. Why? Like, why don't you just say? Why do you say? Yeah. I. I. I you know. I didn't go to school. I. I, I don't understand big words. <laughs> what the fuck? Is Let, let's be why serious. What, say what, this? What big words is Paul and Gene using around Peter? Yeah. He should have uh, said, "They treat me as though I was stupid. They, exactly. They talk down to me. They yep. would try to embarrass me. They would, you know, talk and." things and look down and, and make snarky remarks about me. You know, it's bullshit. I'm mm-hmm. just as smart as those guys, even though I didn't go to college like they did. And they think that that kind of shit, that's the kind of fucking underhand, you know, deceptive bullshit that they would do to me that I would have to fucking endure and fuck them. They're not, they're not fucking better than me. That's how you fucking come back. Not like, yeah, I'm fucking stupid. And they made fun of me. I got to pull out my bag of tricks. What the fuck does that mean, Peter? I'm going to be mean to you. Yeah. What? Yeah. Gene said, hey, uh, somebody call the concierge and see if we can get any uh, room service. What the fuck? What's a a concierge? I don't know what that word is. (laughs) Now I'm going to fucking piss on your bed now because you used a big word. So I'm going to fuck. Catman, did you just use my bed as your litter box? Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> oh my god. That was just fucking stuff. And then he talks about bigger homes, bigger cars, bigger watches. Yep. I'm pissed at myself because that makeup slipped through my hands. And that's my cross that I have to bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dumbass, you shouldn't have sold the makeup. Yep. But what are you gonna do? We all know about that. Uh, and then he goes into details. I mean, this is the last couple paragraphs. Yeah. He goes into details about Beth and how Eric Singer is now singing it. How much more can you slap me? How much more you want to hit me? It's my baby. No one sings it like me. First of all, buddy, you know, you're not singing fucking the battle hymn of the Republic. Like there's no fucking unique yeah. way you're going to, it's called, it's Beth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Settle it's, down. Yeah, it's not my way by Sinatra. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, no one can do it in my style. Like, right. You know, calm down. Um, and no one's saying, and I said to Gigi, you know, it's like the Lone Ranger. You can take it off and put it on another guy, the mask, but it'll never be Clayton Moore. Dude, who the, dude, who the fuck is Okay, Clayton first of all, Moore? I know because I used to watch old cowboy movies, the Lone Ranger, black and white with yeah. fucking my grandfather. But date yourself some more. When you I was just going to say more. Like, really? Yeah, this is like Rolling saying, Stone magazine, and you're, you're dude, referencing fucking Clayton Moore. I think was in the 40s or 50s wearing right. that makeup. Right. I mean, wearing the uh, Lone Ranger mask. Right. It's like saying like, oh, to like your your son, 
oh, it's like Adam West, you know, they're fucking Batman. Like, who? Right. The only reason my son knows who Adam West is is because he's in Family Guy. <laughs> but but <laughs> right. talking about him, like, in the mask ba- Batman. Right. Exactly. Right? And, it, you know, so, anyways, um, it's just, and by the way, he talks about the song, It's Mine. I, I 100% disagree with him. That's not your song. That's Kiss's song. Mm-hmm. It's the band song. Right. Paul Stanley doesn't get to fucking quit Kiss, join somewhere else. 20 years ago, somebody else comes in Kiss and be like, they can't sing Love Gun. It's right. my song. Right. Fuck you, it is. It's, you sang it in Kiss. It's Kiss's song. I sing it too now. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, you know what it is? It's, think of it this way. We've talked about this, I think, before. Like, so Joe Walsh is now in the Eagles, right? Yeah. He joined the yeah. Eagles. Yep. You know the song In the City? Yes. He brought that to the Eagles. Yep. He gets, let's say he gets thrown out of the Eagles. The Eagles aren't playing Joe Walsh solo shit in the Eagles anymore. No, they're not. That's his baby. He brought it into the Eagles. Correct. It's a fucking different thing. Yeah. You played this in Kiss. You didn't bring this. It's like fucking Ace coming in right now and singing Rock Soldiers in Kiss. Right. And Ace leaves again and and Kiss is still doing Rock Soldiers. Right. No, I got you. Yeah. Anyways. Um. They talk about again, Peter getting upset that he found out that Ace made $10,000 more a night and he drew the single tear makeup. It's just fucking. Then he's got a, then he's got a couple of really pathetic comments coming up here. Look at their houses. Look at my house. I was treated like a freaking slob. They treated my wife like a whore. What dude, do you know what the word whore means? What were they doing to treat your wife? like a whore? (laughs) First of all, I, from what I understood and what I've heard, <clears throat> what I've read is that his wife was just like this, like, "Hey, when is Paul? When's Peter getting his cut?" Like Why Sharon, like, like Sharon, just like, dude, fucking, yeah, yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here. Why is your girlfriend around? You know, like, every fucking band breakup in all the history or all the movies and TV shows, somebody's girlfriend gets involved in the band's business and starts yep. showing up and asking, making demands, and people are like, "Dude, get this fucking woman out of here." Um, and it sounds like that's what she did, but they didn't treat her like a whore. Just said they could have disrespected my wife if you want to be like that, but then right. fucking treat her like that. I don't know. Despite all this, I just wish there wasn't so much bad blood, says Peter. Yeah, Look, okay. I don't own the makeup, but if they would lend it to me, I would be happy to put it on. Dude, are you fucking bipolar? Did I not just read all this shit you were saying? He is bipolar. They all are. Yeah, they all are. And then on the way out, they say Chris shows off his collection of Kiss stuff. And he picks up a framed black and white promo shot of the band. Just four young rock and roll superheroes snarling comparably, uh, companionably together for the camera. A great shot of us, he says. Size. What can I stay? I still love my band. Dude, are you like, what the fuck did I just read? You know what he is? He's an emotional Italian. And I should know because I'm one and I know what my whole family is. We fly off the handle. We say shit we don't mean. And then we're all of a sudden like, I love that guy. Like that's, you know, fucking asshole. You've never supported our family. You're a piece of shit. Go fuck yourself. Hey, man, I love you. I can't wait. I'll see you next Thanksgiving. Right, buddy. That's exactly. We're family, man. Forget about it. That's it. No, no, no. I love. I'm sorry. No, no. I'm sorry, man. I love you. I'll do anything. That's Peter. That's it. It's that's absolutely it. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, he's not too bright. He, no, 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 no. He fucking spurted all this. Uh, he fucking spouted all this stupid shit. 
Yep. Look, make himself like a fool. And then, ah, I love you guys. Do you like kiss? Do you like me? <laughs> Anyways, that's how the article ends. Yeah. It, it's, it's fascinating because again, it's the first time they're on the cover of the magazine. And I will give some credit to Rolling Stone that it wasn't a cookie cutter, you know, history biography of the band. It got into some real nooks and crannies. The the real the, the it got into the dirt, the personnel shit. I thought it was great. I mean, we're diehard fans. I thought it was great. I I, I thought oh, it was. I will tell you right now, that was a fucking awesome read. It's fantastic. It is. I mean, it was kind of some of it was unsettling and some of it was like, ah, God, why is my band full of assholes sometimes? So we had planned to do this episode before the biography. We did. Correct. And we were like, well, let's talk about the biography because there's going to be new shit being brought up. And obviously there was. Now, remember when I was saying to you guys, I'm like, as much of a dick Paul is, he's still holding back. Look at the shit he said about Peter here, and then look at the shit he said about Peter in the biography. Oh, he's way, he's, he's way he, reserved compared to that. Oh, he's brutal in this article, in this Rolling Stone article. He's brutal. He didn't say anything like, you know, we wouldn't be here without them, but we wouldn't be here with them now. Yep. Like, that's his fucking line to now as being trying to be diplomatic. Dude, yep. he is a complete asshole in this article. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's bad. It's, it's about as bad as Paul has ever looked. In an article or a book. I, honestly, I think and now that like if we really consider this, I think that this article really hits the real personalities of everyone in this band. I was I was just going to say that. on it illustrates it illustrates what we all Let's know talk about Gene real quick. Yeah. It, what does it, it illust- say about Gene? Gene? Yeah. Thoughtful, emotional, passionate, caring and. and? The ridiculous side of him. I was one of the more episodes and I love Lucy. The exactly. two sides of him. They checked off all the all. They checked off all the boxes with Ace. He's a freaking crazy, talented knucklehead who can't remember <laughs> that, that he fell down <laughs> a flight of stairs. <laughs> right. Who's, who's likable. Who's fucking funny as hell. Yep. And it's hard to dislike, but he's a fucking mess. Yep. And Peter, Peter's, Peter's the grouchy bitch. Yeah, the fucking passionate, yep. loudmouth, whiny little bitch that fucking is delusional about his fucking place in, in music history. And, and Paul then is Paul, just the, yeah. the mastermind puppeteer behind all the scenes and the fucking prick. And you I, and you you hit the nail on the head too. I think you might be onto something. I mean, obviously we don't know this, but why was only Paul commenting on the Peter and Ace stuff and not Gene? Because, like you said, or anybody yeah, else, yeah, yeah I'll do this. I'll, I'll, I'll do. I'll, I'll do this only- article, but I want. I want to see it. I want to see all these interviews when they're done. Yeah, what I'm saying is nobody else commented on anybody else's comments. Correct. When, when, except for Paul on Gene, you didn't hear Peter say, "Listen to fucking Gene talk about his house, his mansion, or his fucking stupid TV show." Listen to Gene talk about music. It's all Peter. I mean, uh, Paul's comments on them. Yeah, he's fucking. Some people think they're more important than what they've accomplished. Yeah, that's fucking ridiculous. That's not a reality show. It's not fucking real life. He shit on everybody. Ace. Yeah, some people believe the fucking stupidity of that. You're better than Jimmy Page. Right. Uh, Peter. Yeah, some <clears throat> fucking people think that he actually wrote that song. He didn't do shit. Doesn't know how to write any song. 
Yep. Nobody else commented on about any of the else's fucking comments. Nope. No, nope. the only thing, the, and, and, and you contrast that with what Gene said at the end of his thing. Sometimes I just think about what they're doing right now. Yeah. Like that's what, that's what Gene thinks. You know, it's like, what a contrast. So to me, I'm like, did the fucking writer pick up on it? Like, because he was cordial about Paul Paul's doing this. I think, I think he put it out there. So for you to figure out, look at this fucking, he's shitting on everybody. Yep. He's got this image of him. Like, like, look at Gene. He wants him as a friend. And Paul's like all fucking cold and standing off, you know, standing all away. But here's my book. Yeah. I got to go with my picture. Perfect. Three children and my wife at home. I'm going to do that. And then, he makes a comment about everybody. It's always negative. They're probably like, this guy's a fucking dick. And remember in the beginning of the article is Peter saying that fucking Dick Cheney prick. He's the one behind everything. I, I agree. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And, and it's funny because the title of the article on the cover of the magazine kiss forever, 40 years of feuds and fury. I mean, what a great way to describe it. Yeah. I'm, um, I think everybody should read it. You'll no doubt. You get fired up. Yep. You read it and you're like, I think people will pick up. You know, you, everybody, we all have our favorites. Look, Pete is my favorite. I don't think he comes across well off of this. No, he doesn't. I think Gene does, but then I think certain parts Gene doesn't. I think Ace does, then certain parts he doesn't. Paul, I think, originally in the image comes across, but if you read between the lines, he's a it's, fucking dick. It's the worst he's ever looked in an article. Yeah. It's the it's the worst he's ever looked. And I think Rolling Stone knew that. None of this was by mistake. And they probably like, yeah, look at this fucking know-it-all who's shitting on Rolling Stone and everything like that. This guy thinks he's fucking Mr. Important. What a dick this guy is. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm just like, I find this fucking article fascinating. It took years for Kiss to get on that cover. Rolling Stone has always treated Kiss like shit. Mm-hmm. But so was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then fucking, you know, as soon as it came calling, they ran up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same thing with Rolling Stone. Yep. And it's Agreed. sad. You yep. know, I wish they didn't. Um, I hope we get some feedback. I hope you guys read it. I hope you guys see it for what it is. I'd like to get your feedback, what you guys thought about it. What'd you see? How did the guys come across? Who came across better? Yep. And I think that's our probably easiest poll question. After reading Rolling Stone article, who the hell came off best, better? Well, the ace cult, 90%. <laughs> that's my prediction. And he just remembered he fell down the stairs. Oh, my God. That's the best. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyways, Tom, that was fucking a ton of fun. Love it. Um, Tom, we do this next. Hi, this is Ed Spansberg of ClickTeaShop.com. And for all your shouted out loud cast gear and merchandise, please visit clickteeshop.com. At Click Shop, you can find lots of KISS-inspired t-shirt designs, plus mugs, hats, hoodies, pillows, and all-new fine art selections. And now, here's your question of the week. All right, so our question of the week comes from William off of Facebook. And he says, I know you guys haven't reviewed the album yet, so you haven't really talked about the cover or anything, but I want to get a quick hit from you on the cover of Lick It Up. Do you think that the band unmasked, quote unquote, for the first time 
should have had something with them maybe performing live on stage, a, 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 a live shot type of thing, as opposed to what they did with them unmasked against a white backdrop. Which do you think would have been a better cover? Again, I know you haven't done this album, so but quickly, what do you think? So my options are the album cover now. Yeah. Or an action shot with like, them. Like a, a live shot of them like with uh, like unmasked for the first yeah, time. Yeah, like meaning like um like an image from Animalize Uncensored or something. Sure. Like yeah. No. I think the still image is best. Stop. Let me get a nice fucking clean visual of the band. That's Paul. That's Gene. Who the fuck are the other guys? Like, you know. Yeah. I think that's better. I yeah, as much as we as much as we like live live shots, I think I think for what they were trying to prove that stark white backdrop up against them close up the band right there. I think that was the way to go. I mean, who knows? I'm sure there's bootlegs out there that I could probably find with lick it up album covers with other, you know, with a live shot, but I think that's what they were trying to go for. I, 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 I like it. It's, it's iconic. I think what, you know, what the image that this person's probably asking about is if you look at a live, what a difference there is, but that's people that don't know kiss and see right. who the fuck are these people in makeup. Look at this concert. It looks insane. Right. But then if you look at the other images, Kiss is always either like a fucking, you know, cartoon image of them in Destroyer or Love yep. Gun or even Rock and Roll Over. How many real live shots are there? Even a live two is not a live shot. Double Platinum isn't. Right. Uh, Dressed to Kill isn't. Harder Than Hell isn't. Um, Kiss isn't. Dynasty isn't. Unmasked isn't. Right. Uh, the Elder isn't. So what? where are we going with this? Creatures isn't. But the I think live photo is alive. But I think you bring up a good point. Maybe that's maybe that was kind of the gist of his question was that it was a new era of the of the band. Let's try something new that jolted them with the live. But yeah. either way, either way, I mean, it's a good question. But I, I think what they have now, I think is more. I think it's it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Great question, though. We love yep. it. And thank you. We always love the questions. Uh, you can always reach out to us on all of our social medias and our email to get us the questions. And uh, we're going to go over that all the way you can find us. And the best place to start is our email, which is shoutedoutloudcast at gmail.com, shoutedoutloudcast at gmail.com. Please send your emails to us with questions, comments, feedback, anything. We might not read every single one of them during the show, but we do read all of them. So please continue to reach out to us. And of course, the social media, that's where we're the most active, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can send us direct messages on those. We have our Loudcasters Facebook group, which continues to grow. We're pushing almost up to 4,000 members on that group right now, which is fucking amazing. We love you guys for that. So check us out. We're part of the great Pantheon podcast network of shows, tons of great shows. Uh, so please check us out there. And of course, our our question of the week, our buddy Ed from Click T-Shop, click with a K, check out his website and all of his Shout It Out Loudcast, album review crew, and soon Zeppelin Chronicles stuff, as well as his awesome Kiss-inspired stuff as well. And don't forget to DM us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, you can uh, also subscribe and help and join the cause on Patreon. Uh, patreon.com patreon the app or in the episode notes that's where you guys can come and help out the podcast and we greatly appreciate it and uh once again we'd like to give a shout out to our buddy mr antonio 2005 thank you very much for that we greatly appreciate it 
you can also subscribe to our YouTube, YouTube. channel. Um, there you can, uh, you know, I, we, as we say it all the time, our YouTube channel is growing. Please subscribe there to us. And then you could give us one of those five star, star. child reviews on Apple iTunes. It's another big way to help and contribute to the show. So all mm-hmm. these little things that you guys can do for us is greatly appreciated. And don't forget the email, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Tom, we like to end with famous last words. You got any? Oh, of course. You said you love me. You may have been right. But hanging above me, girl, you know that we would fight. You say you like to dance. Mm, I think I'll take a chance. Ooh, baby, maybe it's time for romance. Yes. Yes. You're such a jewel in the rough. You want to show me your stuff for my money. You can't be too soon. Save your love. Save it. Save it. Meet, meet you in the ladies' room. <laughs> for my money. You can't be too soon. <sighs> Tom, thank you. Kiss Army, thank you. Loudcasters, thank you. Guys, you're the best. Thank you so much for everything. Uh, We appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Please let us know what you think of this. I know you guys are listening. You have this issue probably more than one. So let us know. Zeus, as always, my friend, thank you. Uh, Peace out, Girl Scout.